And now, Crisis presents The Man Who Could Fly. In the outer office of author Nat Post, Secretary Rosie Martin works feverishly to transcribe the latest chapters of Nat's future bestseller. When the door opens, and Nat comes in. Rosie. Rosie. Mr. Post, you startled me. When I take off my earphones. There. Uh, sorry. Here I finished two more chapters. Uh, watch for my corrections on the tapes. And I'm afraid I've been a bit sloppy with punctuation. Correct it when you have to, will you? Don't I always? Yes, you do. How are you coming? Well, just one spot here on Chapter 35. When Laura has that line about her party guests, did you say deceive or receive? Well, let's see. Oh, oh yes, that should be deceive. I'll, I'll try to speak more clearly. No sweat. Now, I'm just about up with you. Oh, I can't wait to hear the new chapters. This is your best one yet, Mr. Post. It has everything. Action, romance, great characters. Oh, and your leading man, Will Porter, is going to be this decade's new superhero. I know it. He's different, isn't he? You say that again. Where did you ever get the idea of the man who could fly? <laughs> What a stupid question. All Nat Post books are full of inventive ideas. You're a true fan, Rosie. Any calls? Oh, yes. Three. Well, let's have them. Well, first your wife called. Since you're working late again, she's going to dinner and a play with Charles Doucette. She'll see you tomorrow, she hopes. Hmm. What else? Well, Grant Weston called and he wants... He wants to last chapters of the book. Right. I told him you were working night and day. He said to remind you there would be no further advances until you... The book is complete. Any more? One more. Benny Todd again. Yeah? What's the message? Well, his speech is not too good, but he gets the message across. Till you pay your tab, he won't take no more debts. You know, Rosie, between wives, publishers, bookies, and the internal revenue, a guy doesn't stand a chance. Uh, Mr. Post, as your secretary for how many years now... May I say something? Anytime, Rosie. Well, Mr. Post, you look awful. You're overworked, tired, besieged by all kinds of people, and... Well, I'm worried about you. There, I said it. Dear Rosie, what would I do without you? Don't worry. When I finish the book, things will get back to normal. Till the next one. In the meantime, could I offer any goodies out of Rosie's special medicine chest? Aspirin, tranquilizers, booze. Rosie, the best thing you could do for me right now is to resume transcribing those tapes. We're almost home free. Well, I'd better get back to it. Uh, no calls, please. I'll handle them. The man who could fly... Chapter 38. Will Porter soared effortlessly along the beach cliffs, unaware that Laura, for the first time, watched in apprehension and disbelief. Though committed, how was she to destroy this superhuman being? This man who could fly. But destroy him she must. If she herself were to survive.
Nat, are you in there? Surely he's gone home by now. Charles, the outer office door was open. You know how late he's been working. Nat, it's me. Authors don't have much family life, do they? <laughs> Nat has four loves. His books, his characters, his tape recorder, and me. In that order. What is it? Oh, it's you, Glenda. Hello, Charles. Hello, Nat. Is uh, Rosie gone? Hours ago, I hope. Well, as long as you're here, come on in. Have a seat. Anybody want a drink? Thank no, you. thanks. No. You can have another, Nat. We don't mind. I didn't think it should, but thanks, I will. You know, Nat, there's always tomorrow. You won't find that cliche in my book, Glenda. At the present rate, this will be your last book. Look at it. Bleary-eyed, unshaven, shaking. Ah, yes, but earning a living. I'm on the last chapter, Glenda. Looks like I'm going to make it if there are no further interruptions. Uh, you know, Nat, uh, Glenda hasn't said a word about your book. What's it about? Never mind, Charles. You won't read it. It's a paperback. You look like a hardcover man to me. Nat, I read all your novels. They're great entertainment. King of the paperback. You make it sound nasty, Glenda. Oh, you could do so much better, Nat. Oh, I know they're meant to be light escapist things, but they're so trivial. I just don't happen to prefer that sort of thing. They make money, Glenda. You just happen to prefer that sort of thing. Uh, what's the title, Nat? Charles... This book will be found shortly in your local drugstore or supermarket. It's called The Man Who Could Fly, Charles. Do you believe that? You mean literally fly? <laughs> yep. Fantastic. How does he do it, Nat? I mean, does he flap his arms or does he have a space suit like Buck Rogers? <laughs> Sounds like a comic strip character to me. I might have expected such a reaction from you two intellectual ninnies. Yes, he can fly. And he doesn't wear a space suit or flap his arms. He he just flies, that's all. That sounds too juvenile. May I remind you of the vast adult audience enjoyed by Greek mythology, Paul Bunyan, James Bond, and, yes, Buck Rogers. But there is a difference. Will Porter and all the people in that post books are real characters. Flesh and blood. Believable characters with human feelings and human failings. There's no need to get excited, Nat. Nat, I wasn't putting your book down. Remember that line someone wrote about a dull book? Once you put it down, you can't pick it up. Will you get the <laughs> hell out of here, Charles, and take your date with you? Nat, that's not fair. Why not? Charles sees more of you than I do. And why is that, do you suppose? You're here day and night. What do you want me to do? Sit home with your pipe and slippers ready... And a candle in the window. Here we go again. Oh, believe me, Nat. I didn't come up 57 floors to argue with you. Charles was sincerely interested in seeing you and finding out how the book was coming. Okay. So take Charles home. Ours or his, it doesn't matter. I'm going to have another drink. Or three. And attempt to pick up where I was so rudely interrupted. Oh, come on, Charles. Our little mission was a complete bust. If we ever hit the divorce courts, Nat, I'm going to name that tape recorder as co-respondent. Linda? Yes? Close the door on your way out. Nat, I... 
No longer enemies, Laura and Will strolled hand in hand down the moonlit beach. Yeah, that's the spot. Laura could not resist the magnetic presence of Will beside her in the darkness. Should she tell him, risking her whole mission and perhaps her life? Yes, Will was too good a catch to let get away. They stopped for a moment and uh, dug their feet. Uh, strike that. They stopped for a moment and dug their bare feet into the sand. This was the time. Will, said Laura, I love you. Now that she said it, there was no turning back. Do you hear me, Will? I love you. End of chapter 39. I'd better listen to that. Her feet into the sand. This was the time. Matt, I love you. Now that I've said it, there's no turning back. Do you hear me, Nat? I love you. It's the next morning now, and Rosie, Nat Post's secretary, reports for work, but finds the office door unlocked. Is anyone here? Mr. Post? Mr. Post, are you in there? Is someone here? Uh, come in, Rosie. Oh, I'm glad it's you. When I found the outer office door open, I've, I... Uh, I've been here all night. All night? I, I, I was so close to finishing the book, I... I, I didn't want to stop. You finished it? Well... Great. Uh, not quite. Let me get the drapes open. There. Mr. Post, you must be exhausted. Mr. Post, is anything the matter? You look... I'm okay. You need some fresh air. Let me get these sliding glass doors. Mr. Post, step out on the balcony for a minute and get some fresh air. It'll do you good. Rosie, I am fine. What time is it? A few minutes after nine. I'm a little late. That's all right. Is there anything I can do? No, thanks, Rosie. Well, then I'd better get out and get to work. Good. Rosie? What is it? There, There is something you can do for me. Anything. Would... Would you listen to the end of chapter 39? Laura tells Will she's in love with him, and um, I want a woman's reaction to the lines. I'm, I'm not too sharp on the love stuff. Oh, nonsense, Mr. Post. Remember the love scenes that you wrote? Will you the... just listen to it? <sighs> Rosie, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be short with you. I, I'm just tired, I guess. Please. It's important. Well, sure, Mr. Post. Here, I, I've got the tape all queued up. Listen. Will was too good a catch to let get away. They stopped for a moment and dug their feet into the sand. Uh, now strike that. They stopped for a moment and dug their bare feet into the sand. This was the time. Will, said Laura, I love you. Now that she'd said it, there was no turning back. Do you hear me, Will? I love you. End of chapter 39. Sounds great, Mr. Post. 
I knew Will and Laura would fall in love. Thank you, Rosie. You've been a big help. Daylight works wonders, doesn't it? What? Oh, nothing. Sometimes the wee hours of the morning have a way of playing tricks in the mind, that's all. Mr. Post, please go home. Get some rest. Can't, Rosie. There's so little left to do and so little time. Then I better get out of here and get to work. If you need me... I'll call. Thanks, Rosie. Rosie. Rosie? Did I wake you? I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. What time is it? A little after nine. I w- Oh, no. I'm glad you called. My hairdresser's due at ten. Mrs. Post. Though I don't know why I bother. Matt never really looks at me anymore. I'm just someone he occasionally visits between books. Mrs. Post, the reason I called, Rosie, I want... don't ever marry a writer. They're always preoccupied. Minds are always on the next chapter. They manipulate you like characters in their books, and they're crushed when you don't behave as they would have you. They're children living in a world of fantasy. Mrs. Post, please. I called to tell you that Mr. Post has been here all night. What? My God, why didn't you tell me? Oh, could you... Could you come over right away? Rosie, is something wrong? I don't know. I mean, I know something's wrong, but I don't know what it is. He's kind of wild-eyed and... Oh, I can't explain it. I see. Well, don't worry, Rosie. It's the book, of course. It's happened before when he's overworked and overtired. If you insist, I'll drop over as soon as the hairdresser leaves. Rosie, thanks for calling. Now, Mrs. Post, please. Please come now. Will, said Laura, I love you. Now that she'd said it, there was no turning back. Do you hear me, Will? I love you. End of chapter 39. Oh, thank God. That's not true, you know. It's you I love, Matt. (laughs) Matt, are you there? Don't try to hide from me, Matt. I'm always in your thoughts. Admit it. Talk to me. This isn't happening. Tape recorders don't have minds. Not minds of their own. Am I... Am I cracking up? What's the matter with me? There's nothing the matter with you, Nat. What's so strange? But you're not... You're not real. Uh, You're a character in my book. How can you say that? You created me. Every word I say, everything I do was designed by you. I'm a flesh and blood, Nat Post character kind you pride yourself on, remember? But those those are not my words. Uh, Laura exists only in my mind and on a thin strip of tape. Uh, I've been working too hard, that's it. Uh, I'm imagining things. <laughs> Look at me, carrying on a conversation with a tape recorder. <laughs> I'm here, Nat, and I'm real, and I love you. I've got to shut it off. <gasps> the tape, it's still going. It won't stop. It won't stop. <laughs> Calm down and listen to me. What? What do you want? Nat, I didn't mean to fall in love with you. You made me do it. 
Oh, don't misunderstand me. Your old Porter character is a doll. And I wanted to fall in love with him. But he's not human. You know what I mean? And it's not just because he can fly. He just doesn't have your charm and magnetism. And you're so misunderstood, Nat. Take your wife. Now she's running around with that parasite, Charles. Better keep an eye on him, Nat. What? Do you think they really went to dinner and a play last night? Oh, how can you be so naive? Shut up. She doesn't appreciate you as a man, Nat. She doesn't like your books. All she wants is your money. Hey, I've got a great idea. Let's kill Glenda. Now, here's how we'll do it. No. No! Mr. Post, are you all right? See what you made me do. I'm fine, Rosie. I was just rehearsing a bit of dialogue, that's all. Is everything okay? Yes. Well, okay. Is she gone? Nat, honey, as I was saying... I won't listen to any more of this. Kill Glenda? I love Glenda. I've got to tell her that. I'm going to call her right now and tell her that. Where's the cord? I'll just rip it out of the wall. I never did like telephones. I'm back on tape, Nat. Oh, oh, oh God. How can I escape that voice? Oh, 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 the radio. I'll drown her out. Oh, oh, oh. oh she's gone. Oh, I've got to see a doctor. Got to find out what's wrong with me. This is Laura, Nat, speaking from your favorite radio station. <laughs> now, Nat, control yourself and sit down. There, on the edge of the desk. There, that's better. Nat, I've been thinking it over, and I have something to say. I've been unfair to you. I should have known what a traumatic experience this would be for you. I'm leaving you, Nat. Oh, Oh, please. First, I knew you'd never leave Glenda for me, Nat. So go home. Go home to Glenda. And let me give you a few words of womanly advice. Tell her you're going to spend more time with her. And mean it. Tell her to get rid of that creep Charles. And tell her you love her. Often. I I, I will, Laura. I will. I'll go right now. Wait a minute. I'm not through. Be a hero to her, Nat. The way things used to be. Remember? Uh Treat her with respect and admiration and understanding. Don't think of yourself as Nat Post. Think of yourself as Will Porter. He knows how to treat a woman. Yes. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't just stand there. Get going. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Will. Yeah, yes. Not that way, Will. Will Porter doesn't take elevators. He flies. Over this way. Yes. That's it, Will. Right out through the sliding door. See? It's open. And out on the balcony. There. Now, 
Up on the railing. Don't worry, Glenda. I can fly. I can fly. Another case of a man getting wrapped up in his work, huh? I'll be back in just a minute to tell you about next week's Crisis. Tonight, Crisis brought you The Man Who Could Fly, written and directed by Tony Aries. Our cast included Ray Court, Pat French, Lee Posh, Shirley Aries, and Norm Bobro. Now this is your producer, Jim French, inviting you to be right here next week at this same time for Crisis. Crisis.